Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Rambler. I am your host, Mike McDonald. I have a great show for you today. My guest today is Jacqueline Wells. Yes, Jacqueline Wells, the infamous, famous, notorious singer, songwriter, uh, fashion, fashionista, designer, jewelry person who does many other things, living up there in Boston, in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, she also volunteers as an intern at womencrossdmz.org, which is working to end the Korean War, promote peace with women at the forefront of the peacemaking process, and reunite families in Korea. Very active, very active in the community. It's awesome. It was good to see her. She came out to the AKA 20th and also the Korean American Story Gala, which was great. It was amazing to see her. Anyways, how was your week this week? Was it good? Was it awesome? I hope it was awesome. I hope you guys had a good Mother's Day last week and uh, enjoyed the rest of the week as well. Uh, my week uh, was not too busy that I can remember. I'm trying to think back here. Nope, I ran a lot. I ran a lot. I actually went to the gym a couple of times this week. Gotta, you know, get back into shape. Get back into your beach body shape. Are you guys ready? Are you guys ready for this summer? I hope so. We've already kicked off the cinematic season, the summer blockbuster season with Captain America Civil War. Do you guys watch it? All my fellow geek cads out there. I'm part of a new Facebook group called Geek Cat. Or maybe it's not new. I'm new to it. Called Geek Cads. And it's run by Kimberly Renee Herring. Thanks for uh, adding me to the group, Kimberly. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see adoptees who are also nerds and into Star Wars and some are into Star Trek. We're, that's okay if you're into Star Trek. I get it. Sort of. I like the next generation. The old one was alright. It was campy, but I liked it. The new ones are... The movies are good. Uh, but, you know, Star Wars is really where my heart lies. But, you know, this week was, was big for me because of Civil War. Civil War. Did you guys see it? Did you guys watch it? I loved it. I loved it. I'm going to go watch it again right after I post this because... I liked it that much. I'm probably going to see it at least two more times in IMAX, in 3D. I kind of wish... I don't know why. They, they don't have a... There's this new type of cinema only in certain states, uh, and New York is not one of them yet for some reason, called the uh, Dolby Digital Digital like Cinematic Experience whatever, and it's like a 3D laser projector, and it's supposed to be like amazing. I don't know if it's 8K or whatever. You guys are just getting onto the 4K bandwagon. This thing is 8K. And it's like Dolby Atmos surround sound with speakers in the ceilings all around you and everything. It's supposed to be insane, but we're not getting into New York anytime soon. I guess it's in California and all these other places that's not here, sadly. But we still have IMAX, so I can't complain about that. I'd like to go see it again today. Might take a nap first. But you know what? Let's, let's talk enough about that, okay? We're here to talk with Jacqueline Wells. So why don't we just go ahead and do that, all right? Enjoy this week's episode with Jacqueline Wells. Enjoy. So do you go you go by Jacqueline? You, yeah. You don't no nicknames, no Jackie. No, sorry. <clears throat> or J- Jack. Jack's Jack. fine. Jack's okay. Yeah, Jack's totally fine. But not Jackie. I, I don't usually go by Jackie now because there was another girl that was Jackie in my school growing up. So we I was Jack when she was Jackie. I see. <laughs> I see. Yeah, there was a lot of mics, but I don't think we uh, did anything really, about it. We yeah. just had to deal with it. I think we all went by like last Mike, names. whatever our last name yes. was, or just by last names. Yeah. Because, you know, Michael's a really popular name for some reason. I yeah. think it's gone down in popularity now that... Everyone had it for a while. <clears throat> I think everybody had it, and uh, now kids seem to be named after, like, Twilight movies. Yes. And <laughs> Game of Thrones. And Hunger Games. Game of Thrones, for sure. I've heard Aria. <clears throat> really? And, like, I've heard a bunch of other ones. John. 
Jon Snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we live right now? We're live. We're oh, going. Okay. And, and what's the rule about swearing? You could swear if you want to. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, is yeah. that why it says parental advisory on underneath your? It does yeah well what, where do you what is your access to the to the show is it iTunes or how yeah. do you listen to it yeah. I saw there's a parental sticker yeah it does the uh, little explicit thing but just you're in case. not like that doing like explicit things it's just no 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 right? yeah it, well I wish uh, it was more like the recording industry in general I feel like is at a complete disconnect from like movies and film and TV right, right. because uh, TV and film you could be like ah oh, TV fourteen or PG thirteen yeah. it was like but. With audio, it's just like you're either clean or you're explicit. It's very black and white. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you're not like doing explicit content. It's just like maybe here and there someone might swear by accident. That's like literally it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you listen to my episode with Zeke Anders in which we dissect the F word very... Very intricately. Okay. Yeah, yeah, intimately. Exa- okay, got exactly. It. Exactly. Well, not intimately. All right. Well, and- good to know. I don't have to like really clean up my language because I've been known to be a swearer by well, accident. Well, okay. I'm from Boston. <laughs> I am also uh, uh, typically would be a swearer as well. Okay, but not on the show. Uh, on the show, I mean, it's been known to happen. It's. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I'll try to clean it up. You know. You know. I mean, just be be you. You know, okay. be who you are. Okay. That's what this show is really about. <laughs> All and right. if people I'll can't accept that, then they should have taken note of the uh, explicit parental guidance sticker. On, Got it. On yes, iTunes. I noticed it right away. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So Jack or Jacqueline Wells? Jacqueline Wells, yes. <laughs> Did you? Okay, so you grew up in Boston? Yes, I grew up in a suburb outside of Boston called Westford. Westford. Yes. It's not like Westford? It is, but like if I say that too fast, then people think I say something else, so I always just overpronunciate it for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you grew up saying Westford, not Westford. like Westford. Yeah. Westford. Yes. Okay. So I'm like overemphasizing <laughs> the Boston accent. Yeah. yeah. I don't really have that. I mean, I mean, I think I'm developing it more, and I do say really? wicked. I say wicked a lot. I say wicked every now and then, and then yeah. I realize I'm doing a Boston thing, and I, yeah. I quickly try to reel it back. See, I don't even realize that I'm doing it when I do it. Oh yeah. So it's that bad. Are you like a Red Sox fan and a Pats fan? No. No. I don't care about sports. Okay. I like enough. playing sports, but I don't. I don't care about sports now, sadly. But I do like root for the Red Sox, root for the Patriots, the Celtics. I'm just not oh, like, yeah. into it. Okay. Yeah. So you're like a Sorry. passive sports fan. You're yeah. Like, you're like a generic Bostonian. Yeah, my friends are into it, and I'll like go to like things, but no, I'm not. I don't know what's going on in any <laughs> of the sports. <laughs> That's all right. Kids. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I'm not, like I'll. I've, I have yet to go, since moving back to New York, uh, go to a Yankees game or a Rangers game or, yeah. or any of that stuff. It'd probably be fun once in a while to do it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's pricey. I don't know how the prices are here. I'd spend my money on like a live like music or concert oh, or something yeah? that's that expensive. You know? it, what was the last concert you've gone to? Oh, actually, I just recently went to the Rihanna tour, the anti-tour. Oh, yeah? Was it, it good? It was at the TD Garden. It to- it was amazing. It totally surpassed like my expectations, even which were already pretty high. Oh yeah, she was so amazing. I I have like a huge. Crush what were your now. expectations before that? My expectations were that she was <clears throat> gonna be like dancing on stage and it was gonna be really cool and she was gonna do like her hits. But uh-huh. I didn't realize how like emotional it was gonna be and how like badass it was gonna be. She came out from like the other end and she just was an incredible performer and it, all the music and her voice was even better than I imagined. Oh yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. I haven't listened to too much of the album. I got, I have it, but I've only listened to like a couple ones. Like it's pretty you know, good work. <laughs> yeah, work is like pretty good, but like 
Yeah, there's a couple other really good songs on there. What kind of emotional stuff did she do? I don't know. She came out singing that song, Stay. Oh, yeah. Which is like those those piano chords from the opposite end of the arena. You wouldn't have known she was coming out there. And Mm. she was in like a white cape. It was just, everyone was like crying. It was just really good. (laughs) That's how she opened the show? Yeah, and then she, there was like this glass case that came down basically and she got into it and then rode across the, the ceiling basically to the other end of what the main where the main stage would be and where we thought she was going to come out and so it was just really cool this is this sounds crazy it was dope this is a whole <laughs> production yeah so you're that like you're like way into concert. rihanna or was that like you I, just went I with your friends i always liked her but no i actually now i love her now, <laughs> yeah, you're, now you're a rihanna fan yeah and you're i always was it. like a, i liked her but I, I didn't like love her to death like now she's like my my girl yeah <laughs> Have you had that experience with concerts before? I feel like that's oh, what yeah. concerts are for. Like, or the opposite, right? <laughs> or, oh, I haven't had, I've been lucky enough not to have the opposite yeah. happen where you're like, that was terrible. It was unreal. It was so good. And I also really like her as a person. I think she's cool. I think she's badass. She's real. Like, she'll talk about like dark things. And I feel mm. like Beyonce on the other spectrum, whom I love her music. And I've always been like a huge Beyonce psycho fan. I've realized <laughs> that she never like really talks about like anything like, that's not like of substance. Perfect. Like, oh, everything's great. Like, I like, I like how Rihanna like will t- get down and dirty and talk about like deep topics that are like, mm. I don't know. I just. Well, what do you really think about like the uh, the Super Bowl release song? And yeah, all that. that was awesome, and I feel like she's doing that more and more <clears throat> lately. Yeah. And I like that a lot about Beyonce, but I'm actually I, I don't know that much about it right now, so oh, I'm just okay. talking about like my perception from maybe like a year ago <laughs> yeah did you watch that snl skit though no oh my god there's this amazing snl skit where like it was like right after the super bowl oh, and shoot. all these people all, all the cast members the white cast members are like watching it on their cell phones and everything and they're like beyonce is black <laughs> beyonce! and they're like heads are exploding <laughs> And I'm so glad she's doing that. I'm all for Black Lives Matter, like, 100%. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, all oh, lives matter as much as I am, like, I think Black Lives Matter. Like, sure. Totally. Did just, you? like, they're all, they, they really, like, deserve all, like, the credit they can get. Did that hit uh, Boston pretty, did it impact it a lot up here, or what do you think about it? Not that much. Not compared to, like, Chicago, I think. I think yeah. it, uh, Boston's a really segregated city, Um I feel like most people of, like, same races and same, like, uh, socioeconomic status, like, mm-hmm. stick together. I, like, pretty much, you know, you wouldn't meet, like, people that often outside of your own, like, the... Pe- ethnic group. Like, ethnic group or, like, socioeconomic, like, uh-huh. group. And it, it, it's, it sucks. But that's how Boston is. And it, it's, like, there's a couple neighborhoods where, like, the rich people will be, like, very close to... Um, like a, uh, you know, like a poor housing or like, yeah, something like that. But it's rare. It's rare. They won't like try to move, encroach into that area and gentrify it. Yeah. Like the South End, for instance, has like. Oh yeah. I was just there yesterday. It looked very nice. Yeah. It's absolutely stunning. All the like a gorgeous area. And then like right next to it, like beyond it is all, is like a much, I don't know how to explain it without sounding like strange, but you know, like no, 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 this sounds like a Jersey. lot of homeless people and stuff <laughs> sure. walk around outside of like a almost a five-star restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, and they're living there. So it's crazy, and it's just, I feel like it's so unfair. So, all right, so you grew up in and around the Boston area. Well, so which socioeconomic and ethnic area did you grow up in? I grew up in a wicked white town. (laughs) It's gotten much more diverse in the past 10 years, but when I was growing up there, I think I was pretty much one of two Asian girls in my class growing up. 
and um, there weren't that many. Uh, mm-hmm. There was no black people that I uh, until like I got like a little bit older. Then there was one black person in my entire school. What? And our school, How big was your school? It was huge. Yeah, it was almost two thousand people. In your class or in like in the, the school? school? In the high, high school. school, there's probably one to two black people. So at, you're looking at, at like five hundred students in your class. Almost. It was more like like high three hundred. Okay. Four hundred. So I guess it wasn't as big as like now it is. I think around two thousand. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but it was a, <clears throat> enough people where it's crazy that there would only be like one black person in the entire school. Was that a factor of socioeconomics in your area, or, or I don't what? know. I, I guess so. It's just a. It's kind of like a white town. Yeah. But um, it's gotten much more diverse. It's very like suburban. It's suburbia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step. I call it. Westford, Stepford type, but it's not really. Sure. It's, it's really artistic town, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's, uh, they had the most amazing art programs, the most amazing theater programs. Like, not just saying that, like, since, since being grown up, just looking back, what some of, most of the best musicians I know are from Westford, and it's very strange. Oh, really? Really talented group, and like, the grades growing up around uh, my grade. So, like, everybody in your town, uh, you know, parents, the kids kind of encourage that creative side. Yeah. Um, I would say it was like half and half, like half the town was kind of like preppy and into just like sports and like school. Uh-huh. And then like the other half was extremely artistic and, you know, into like theater, arts, film, wow, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Did a lot of them stay in the area and keep, they keep still doing that kind of Westward's stuff? Westward's just like so close to Boston. It's only 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Not that many people stayed there. Oh no. No. Most everyone left. They all chuck deuces where they go. <laughs> Well, all the most artistic people went to either Cali uh-huh. or, or New York. Yeah. And then I just stayed here. Because <laughs> I miss my mom. <laughs> yeah? I don't know why. I, I, I went to college here and then I, I just never ended up um, leaving, though. I did want to go to New York. I just never, I never did. It's actually kind of like a regret that I have. Oh, really? But I could still go. You but can I still just, come. I feel yeah. like I belong there with everything that I'm into, everything that I do. It's like I should be there, but it's just... My family's here, my friends are here, uh-huh. and I have, um, I don't know, I have some kind of complex about going. <laughs> I'm, like, worried or something. <laughs> I won't, like, make it. <laughs> oh, no. I, well, I mean, that's everybody's fear, right? Yeah. It's like I everybody. do have a decent amount of contacts and friends in New York, too, so I knew I could yeah. do it, but there's something... I don't know. There's something about it that, like, scares me. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just stay here. Well, it's supposed to be, like, I think the arts in general, you know, are very, it, it can be very scary. It's daunting. But I think it's a societal thing. Like, they, they put that in you. It's like, yeah. you know, but, you know, life in general is a, is a frightening prospect. I know, it really You could is. fail in anything. You I know. know. Now so. I'm just like, oh, am I too old to go now? Or to, like, oh, move there? No. I should have done that Come when I was 18. On. But then yeah. I might be dead, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about your family. You said you're very close with your mom. Yeah, very close to my family. What's the family structure like? It's my mom, my dad, and my brother. My brother's 23, 24. He mm-hmm. is um, not adopted. He's white. He's biological he's, to your yeah, parents? Yeah, he's biological to my parents. And my parents <clears throat> are five... My mom's 5'10", my dad's 6'2", my brother's 6'1". Tall and family. like 5'3". So they're all pretty tall. Yeah, tall white people. But so they're you, amazing. You're, this is your younger brother then. Yeah. So what was the impetus for your parents to adopt you? What was the situation? Well, my, they actually couldn't get pregnant. And so mm-hmm. I'm, they adopted me. Mm-hmm. And then that was like a long process. But then they were in the process of adopting another child five years later when they found out they were pregnant with Johnny. My oh, brother. wow. So then they're just like, oh, 
Okay. <laughs> so they dropped the process and just yeah. went with the. And my mom was actually pregnancy. crying because like it was sad for her because <clears throat> she had already seen pictures of the baby and everything, but oh, the yeah. the organi- the organization wouldn't let her have two at the same time. She's like. Really? She was willing to, like, have both. Mm-hmm. But, like, they won't let her do that. So that was an agency decision? Yeah, pretty much, I think. Wow. Which agency was it? Uh, Love the Children. Okay. Were you also adopted through uh, Love the Children? Yeah. Were you? No, I, I'm oh. a Holt kid. Oh, Holt, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Love the Children is, like, p- was part of Eastern, but, like, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's no longer in existence. So they, like, kind of split off and now they're separate? Yeah. Well, no, they're just not in existence at all. Oh, Love anymore. the Children's Gone. Yeah, huh? Love the Children's Gone. Oh, see, see, I but They were a really things. good agency. They were so strict. They came and they would just like, show up at my parents' house before I got there and would uh-huh. just like check in on them and make sure they were like cool, legit people. Yeah. It was really interesting. Yeah. I feel like more agencies need to be like that. So they told you all <laughs> this? They were like, oh, they would just like drop by. Yeah, my dad said there was this woman, Teresa Hines something. She was amazing, apparently. Um, but she would just, she was really hard on them. She'd be like out in a van, like yeah. an unmarked van with binoculars. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, she was really hard on them, yeah. <laughs> Keeping logs. She was like, what, what What? did you leave on Sunday at 5.53 for? Yeah, she was like, didn't trust them. It was cool. Or anyone. Which yeah, is yeah. cool. It was just good. I'm glad that happened. Yeah. Sure, you got it. good vetting. Thank God. Right? Don't want any crazies. Yeah, and I've heard so many other stories where like, I could have easily ended up with like maybe a family that was emotionally void or abusive abusive yeah and it's like the worst situation I could, I could have easily been there and i always think that to myself like what made me get this amazing family like what was the, with that mm-hmm. like i could easily just not be adopted at all be like in korea right now or i could be dead or i could be with an abusive family like mm-hmm. i have no idea why why i got lucky so they so well so it sounds like the agency did their due diligence to make yeah. sure that the the parents were in the right frame of mind and were not going to be abusive yeah. and they were good people. Yeah. So that, exactly. that's good. So Yeah. All right. So so what did your parents do? Well, my dad was a um, in the computer business. He helped start that company, um, NetApp, Network Appliance. Okay. So he was tra- uh, traveling a lot. He was um, mm. an awesome dad. And uh, he was at all my soccer games, la, la, la. My mom um, was a stay-at-home mom like during when I was growing up and now she's kind of like doing a lot of like feminist activism and oh, yeah? volunteer work and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. And she's she also is a landlord and owns like a, uh, a decent amount of like places that she um, runs. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's a good income. She, yeah, she's cool. She's she's amazing. Yeah. So is that, do you feel like she was, who do you feel like is the biggest influencer on your life, your mom or your dad? Hmm. I would say it's an influence equal probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm like, I talk to my mom like every single day and I see her like quite often. My uh-huh. dad is all, a DJ and he moved to Park City. We're super close still too. But like, there's something about a mother daughter connection that I have, like, I'm always like talking to my mom. So, I mean, influence wise though, my dad really did influence me a lot. In what ways? Like, I think like socially Oh yeah. and like drive wise, mm. he's, we are similar. He's a really social person and um he's a go-getter and he's mm-hmm. um you know it's pretty funny too so <laughs> so you derive your sense of humor from him yeah my <laughs> and your motivation funny too but she's more like a, a laugher than the joke maker and what about your mom <laughs> yeah she's 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 amazing too she's well like wicked strong just like totally real like she she's the kind of person that would like do something and then never tell anyone that she did it. That was like an amazing, like type giving or something. And she would never want credit that type of person, which mm. is like 
really rare, not even to like drop a hint that they did it. She just would never tell anyone. Yeah. She's like that kind of person. Where'd she get that from? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool quality though. Like yeah. do good works and like not say anything. Yeah, about she's it. not like at all a like person that wants to be in the, the spotlight of at all. Yeah. So. My dad is like me me and my dad both like don't mind that. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> my brother's also really amazing. He works in the industry, um, the energy, clean energy industry. Oh, cool. And he um is also a musician. He's oh yeah? He's really talented, yeah. He's cool. The Whiskey Bandit, John Wells. The Whiskey Bandit. Yeah. <laughs> he plays guitar, piano. Is he like is that like a one man show or he's pretty much a one man show on his yeah? recordings, but Live, he plays with other people. Nice. So is the band known as the Whiskey Band or is it just him? It's kind of just him. <laughs> I don't know. I think he changed the name, so he might be embarrassed that I said that. Oh. <laughs> Maybe it's just John Wells now. <laughs> J-O-H-N. Why the Whiskey Bandit? I think back when he did it, he was like in college and he was really into like Connor Overs and Bob Dylan and John Prine and uh-huh. Whiskey. <laughs> and Whiskey? Yeah. All right. Is that the kind of music he plays? Like Dylan type of stuff? Yeah, kind of actually. Like folky? Yeah. And he also does, like, weird, like, what's it called? Dream pop? Like, he'll do, like, some, some like, hip-hop type stuff, too, sometimes. Oh, yeah? He dabbles. So it just kind of, like, plays all kinds of different genres. Yeah. That, so I listen to your album as well, and you, it seems like you okay. kind of jump around a couple different yeah, genres Yeah, I like as well. doing hip-hop, too, but I'm, I mean, for me, I don't know how to use, like, all those, like, hip-hop type, like, reason, logic, those machines. Oh, yeah, So yeah. I usually just do... Um, like when writing, I'll just write like acoustic piano, like mm-hmm. sad, depressing songs. And then sometimes if you get a really good producer in with you, they can just make the song into a pop song yeah. by adding like a beat and like other stuff. So it's cool how people can do that. I don't know how to do it. But. Yeah. Uh, don't ask me. Yeah. I work with a couple of cool people. That I can barely that. get this thing to run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. This is great. It took me a while. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just going to start pressing buttons. They changed the interface from the old garage band that I used to use to this. And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. It's oh, very, no. it was do you a make tough music? Week. Uh, no, I used to, when I did, uh, when I was in high school, from middle school, actually early, I guess it was since elementary school on, since the age of nine on, I used to go to all these different summer camps and stuff like that. So I started to get into like theater and then yeah. chorus and then musicals and plays. Oh, and then in awesome. college, I minored in theater and stuff like that. So yeah, I've always what? I didn't know that. had so cool. like music in my life and everything, but I've never like made music myself did or made songs. Did you do songs. musical theater? I did a lot of musical theater, yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, what yeah. was your favorite role? <laughs> Uh, okay, so the only, the one and only lead role that I've ever had, uh, was Ren in Footloose. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that was a lot That's of a fun. That's a great role. It was, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it's actually the second so time danced. I was in Footloose in a row. So it was like, I did Footloose before, and I was like the, uh, like the lead bully guy who like beat up <laughs> Ren, and then on the, on the other production okay. I did, like right after that, I was, I was, uh, the leads. I was Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's so that was awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah, it was it that was a good time. So cool. That was where actually, aside from I think like my summers at Holt Camp and everything like that. Oh, you did those. Oh yeah. Oh 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 yeah. But happily or did not. Very work? happily, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. like kind of okay. like the awesomest thing, and a lot of those people are still like my best friends now in life. That's awesome. Um, I yeah. never did that. I never really? even knew about that. Oh yeah. All right. So wait, we're gonna go back to you. 
Uh, well, we can talk about this later. Tonight. Yeah, we can talk about this later tonight. <laughs> right. This show's not about me. I like talking uh, about other people though, so it's right. well. This can okay. be back and forth. It's cool. This is a conversation. All right, All right. but so did you uh, growing up? So you didn't do any really adoptive stuff growing up well, with your family. Obviously, I grew up. Then the, my parents were like, "You're adopted from Korea. Here's like your Hanbok that they bought me or whatever." And like uh-huh. I would dress up in it sometimes when I was like. Three. Your adoptive parents bought bought you a Hanbok. Yeah, my, yeah, my parents. Um, so I knew I was adopted like they didn't try to hide it and they would always like try to you know tell me about Korean culture they were getting uh-huh. me Korean food and then I started going to this Korean culture school every Saturday oh okay and I had soccer in the morning and like all my friends in my neighborhood is a very tight knit neighborhood they're all you know these white, white people and then I would have to be plucked out of soccer and go right to this culture school with uh-huh. all real Koreans so oh, not yeah, adopted yeah. Koreans so I'd go from being like kind of fitting in to just being like the complete outcast of the world like everyone there spoke Korean there was all these uh, children that were like three yeah. playing Mozart on piano and that's <laughs> all child prodigies I hated it I would cry I would scream I'd be like please don't make me go mom and she would like come with me and we would be like basically the only white people there I mean I was Asian but right. they, everyone felt bad for me kind of they would treat me like strangely because like I was just not really Korean mm-hmm. but I was also shy back then how old were you? Uh, probably like Five and up, five to eight. I went there maybe. So you did like three years remember. of this. Yeah, it was like every Saturday. And, and like you like hated it for chamber. three years. Yeah, and you'd learn like the language and stuff. It was held in right. Andover. But then what did impact me about it was that that's why I started wanting to play piano because neither of my oh, parents yeah? play piano. My dad plays the guitar a little bit, but like they're not like you know they're really into music. They are music lovers, but they're not musicians. Right. And I was so fascinated by these little kids playing the piano. I. I would just beg and beg and beg for a piano. And one day, they just got me a piano um, as a Christmas present. Uh-huh. And I thought it was something else, but they hit it. And then that's the piano I learned on when I was five. Awesome. I guess I must have gone there when I was four, too, then. Because, um, yeah. Because you were begging for a year. Yeah, I was begging for at least <laughs> a year for one. And then I took lessons every week up until I was in ninth grade. Wow. From this woman down the street, and she was like a very strict but amazing teacher, Carol Hodap. Those are the best ones. And um, then basically I took lessons up there, and then I quit in ninth grade, quit lessons, and just started like just kind of like, I haven't progressed per se mm. since ninth grade, but I I uh, just, you know, play by myself. Now. Sure, yeah. Well, why'd you quit? I just, I think I quit a lot of things <laughs> in ninth and tenth grade. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, but I could still, but I was already pretty good. So mm-hmm. I just carried on like on the exact same level, actually less than when I was like in ninth grade. Yeah. Well, because you're not practicing all the stuff. Yeah. classical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you learned a lot of like different things from the classicals. Like, uh, yeah. cause I took piano lessons also for oh, years. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah. I always wanted to play like uh, more like jazz and stuff like that, but I didn't know enough of the fundamentals to actually play jazz. Oh, it's so hard to learn jazz unless the teacher is a jazz teacher. Yeah, it's I tough. Don't, I still don't really know how to play jazz at all. It's hard. I think you really got to know like all the scales and like how to do the, the... jazz scales are hard. Yeah, yeah. The regular and, scales are easy. But... And to be able to like improv, I like I'm, I love like hearing improv jazz. It's, it like, takes it's so crazy. much practice to do that, and I. You know, yeah. it wasn't really practical. It's always mind-blowing to me. I'm just like, what is, like, how do they do it, like, on the fly like that? If I it's, like, know. true, like, improvised jazz. Oh, my God, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's Actually, awesome. so I just uh, heard about this, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Chet Baker or anything like that. I'm a, oh, I don't know. Damn there's me. a, uh, he's a trumpet player. Uh, <laughs> oh, or he, okay. I should say he was a trumpet player. I know, player. I sound I like I'm an, an idiot, probably. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, so I just discovered him, but only because uh, I was listening to an interview with 
Ethan Hawke who just did this Chet Baker movie. Oh, so I downloaded I saw the preview. I his uh, that. yeah. So I downloaded some Chet Baker, and I was like, "This is amazing! Like, oh, it's mind blowingly good. Like, trumpet jazz. It's awesome. Like, you know." And Ethan Hawke's like, "Look, this guy is like not Miles Davis. He's not like the best jazz trumpet player of all time, and he mm-hmm. knew it. But what he really wanted to do was always try to improvise every show, like truly." And like he would judge people who like, oh, I improvise, but he would they would improvise like the same thing every night. Yeah, that's it's really hard to actually. It's like same with like rapping, like yeah, yeah, like freestyling. You could freestyle the same thing over and over, but if you really freestyle, like how do you do that? I don't know. I could never do that. Yeah, I just saw and with even with like comedy improv, like true comedy improv. Oh my God. Like I just saw Wayne Brady the other night, was and it was funny? just like it was incredible. He can actually do it. He can actually do it because I was like. I didn't know what the show was going to be, and I thought it was maybe going to be because it was at a stand-up club, and I was like, does Wayne Brady do stand-up? And then you find out, like, he's got this other guy there, and it's basically a two-man version of, like, Who's Line for, like, three hours. Oh, my gosh. I and would love to see him. It's crazy. It's so cool. You're just like, how does he do it? Like, it's it's, it's insane. Like, I it's usually don't like comedy like that, but I did see Amy Schumer, and she oh, really? made me laugh really, really, really hard. She's amazing. Um, But then I remember that I watched something, a video of hers, like, I just started getting upset, and, but I, she did copy jokes. She would do, like, she did, oh. like, five to ten of the same jokes, and yeah, so I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, that is crazy, because... I'm sure a lot of people did the same thing, like went to the show and then tried to Sure, look. yeah. But like other things that she did, she would use the same joke. Yeah. That kind of... Like, it gets to the point sometimes where you like, you realize like it's an act and like, yeah. oh, they got to take the show like on yeah. the road and do it over and over and but over seeing again. seeing it live, I had never heard the jokes and it was right. awesome. But then yeah. after when I heard them again, I was like, oh, I already heard that. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad though, because musicians can do that like, yeah, you know... Yeah, they can play the same song. They play the same song over and over that. again. Yeah, so power to Amy. That's fine that you're you're doing the same jokes. That's fine. Well, like, why can't comedians do yeah. that, though? It's... I think it's because it's, like, a punchline. Like, once you hear it, then you it's not mm, funny anymore. But yeah, once yeah. a song, it can be good again. But it was like, yeah, I can listen to, this, like, uh, Paint It Black, like, every day, and I'm like, yeah, and it's just, like, it gets you going. And I was like, yeah, What's jokes don't really do it. The ro- it's all Rolling Stones oh, song. Oh, okay, sorry. I should, my dad would be like, how do you not know that? <laughs> it's a pretty famous one. But no, it's totally cool. And that, you know, like, I, kids don't, these days don't listen to that kind of music. Nobody listens Some to Some do. I, I don't really uh, anymore, but. Yeah, I don't feel like, I'm, I don't know. And then it's, you're either into it or you're not into it. Right, just like rock. Just like any music, right? I did have to study that in college, though. I like I did you? a lot of it, yeah. I was a music major in college, music industry. So you kept on with the music thing. Yeah, I did. And I, I don't know. I'm glad I did that major, because otherwise I probably would have had to drop out. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, because it was, a, it was a pretty easy major. What else would you have done, though? Um, well, I had to do, like, basically half business classes and half music classes. And the music classes, I was, uh-huh. the, the teachers were so amazing, and, like, but, like, the business classes were really hard, and I was just like, ugh. I mean, I used to be really <laughs> academic and really into academia and, like, math, science, like, English, all of that. I was uh-huh. always a straight A-plus student. And then, in, like, like I said, in ninth and 10th grade... I just lost it. I just suddenly was getting like F's. So what was it about that that time that I don't know what happened. Basically, I think part of it's being 15. Yeah. I think I just started rebelling like re- I would like not go to class and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, and so that was probably like 10th grade and everyone was so shocked. I think because Cuz you were such like I a straight so, A student. Like totally like doing everything right 100%. And then all of a sudden, like, fell off. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was, it was okay though. And I think a lot of the people had a, like a lot of compassion. They were going through the same thing. It was the type of town where everyone knew everything you did. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was hard, but, I mean, it was a tough time um, for for those maybe, like, sophomore and, and junior year were a little tough. But then um, mm-hmm. I was better in senior year. But then college was kind of tough for me, too. I kind of, like, I don't know. I was I was a little bit troubled, per se. I guess at that point still, I had never really, like, looked at my upbringing or adoption as, like, I'd always just be like, I'm just, like, a white person. Like, I didn't really realize that I was, that I did cause a lot of stress and strain on me mm. as a child. I have, like, vivid memories of being very depressed and sad about being Asian. Really? Um, so many memories of it. Um, well, let's feeling, unpack that. Um, what kind of, on, like, what kind of memories? Um, I have memories of just staying up every night, making lists of and, and praying. I wasn't even, I didn't even believe in God. I was just praying all these lists would would happen by, like, a ma- magician or something. It was, like, getting, like, real eyelids. It was, like all these weird, like, eating disorder things. When I was, like, in third grade, I thought I was so fat. It was, like, I want to be white. I had, like, this girl, like, that I thought that I would look like if I hadn't been adopted, Mm. that I would pray that I would look like her. Or not that I would look like her. Like, I was just, like, thought that that's what I would look like. What did she look like? She kind of looked like my family. Yeah? Yeah. Well, back, she doesn't anymore. But, like, that was when I was in, like, sixth grade was the hardest grade, I think, for being Asian. There was, like, if anyone said the word China or... Chickity China, when that song came out, yeah, yeah, the I would lady song. start yeah, yeah. sweating, like, just, I would just be cringing. If anyone, I, I don't know, I just really did not like being um, different. But that so was... So anything remotely Asian. Yes. It was a getaway for me. There was a one, I feel awful about this still, but there was a, a little girl in sixth grade, my worst year of, like, being adopted, that was adopted from Korea that came through the town I mean, there was never new students in Westford. It was, like, uh-huh. just, like, everyone was there from birth. But she came in, and she was, like, I think her dad was in the Army. And he, she got stationed here, and she tried Where to... Where did he get stationed up here? It's not, like, an no Army idea. base around but here, is basically, there? Basically, she came into the school, and people were befriending her. Uh-huh. But she reminded me so much of, like, myself that I wouldn't even talk to her. You were too similar. I felt... No, I felt so bad. Well, she was adopted from Korea. <clears throat> yeah. And so everyone was, like, trying to get... And there was this other Asian girl. I still feel bad about this, too. There was... There's basically only, like, a few. Uh-huh. But I didn't want to talk to them when I was little. Mm. And I feel awful about it. But because it... Rem- everyone would ask me if we were twins. And we would always kind of win the spelling bees and win the um, around the world, like, flashcard things. Uh-huh. And I would start losing on purpose. I just didn't want to be the only one up there at the end with just the wow. other Asian girl. And there's this other Asian... There's one other Asian boy... And he, like, had a crush on me back when people had cooties. And I would cry, just bawling, crying. When he, If he would come up and talk to me, I would just start bawling and be like, please get away from me. Oh, no. So these memories are just so weird. Like, nothing happened. I didn't really get bullied or anything. Yeah. It's just like, I felt so That sounds like you were weird. bullying yourself. I was bullying myself. <laughs> yeah, you were beating yourself up. Yeah, and I Over just, something you I couldn't really help. I feel bad about it. But I think I just really wanted to be, you know, white. Yeah. At that point, then I didn't realize. I don't know. There could be other reasons why I became kind of rebellious or depressed or whatever in like college, but because I was totally fine with being Asian in college. But I think that. Well, how did that change? You, I don't know. How did well, you come to terms? It actually with that? changed in like seventh or eighth grade. I was like, all, <clears> all, all, all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I'm fine with being Asian. But mm-hmm. I, but I was the only Asian person in my group of friends, pretty much all through high school and college. Everybody else was white. Pretty much, for the most part. Yeah. So, did you, did you totally just... change, though. I was, like, fine with being, you know... Asian. Well, were you, like, nervous around your white friends at all? No. I don't know 
it was like an own mental thing within myself, I think. But I ended up being like fine with it, with it. And then when I went to college, I joined the AAA, the Asian American Association. Uh-huh. They those were not adopted people. They were all like real Asians. Like, yeah, I call yeah, them yeah. real Asian. I don't know if that's politically correct. <laughs> they were all real, you know, Asians, and I got along with some of them, but still not really. Yeah. I I always get along better with adoptees. I feel like. Um, well, just, so why did what what was it? Just the, that the, you couldn't identify with them. I think I was pretty angsty Asian-ness. still, and like you know, I was kind of like a. I don't know what that word, like, ugh, not harsh, but, like, just, mm. like, I liked, like, going out and stuff, and I think that they were, like, like, whoa, what is she doing you out and partying? with your American college yeah, experience. Yeah, and they were, like, what, what is she doing? <laughs> and I was, like, but, I don't know, that didn't work out, but, um. <laughs> well, so, ninth and tenth grade, you're still rebelling. Yeah. Your grades fall. Ninth grade was fine, tenth, it was tenth grade. Tenth grades grade? fell. I don't even know. Like, I think I had a 4.1 going into sophomore year. And then my Out of my four? Gr- and then my, gr- yeah, because you could do that in my school for some, if you take, like, a AP type class. Oh, okay. And then I think I dropped to, like, a, literally, like, a 2.0 or something. Nice. So it was really bad. But I ended up graduating with a 3.1, mm. which is pretty good. So you recovered. I recovered a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, it sucked. So you're, this is like why people say, you know, girls are more mature than boys. Cause you did that at 15, 16. I did that at freshman year of college. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like straight A up through high school. And then I was like, this is no over. Parents. No parents. Party time. Party. <laughs> I can drink. I know. I was like, I don't have to go to class. <laughs> oh yep, yeah. Tanked it my first two years. I didn't drink though until college really. Like maybe <clears> senior really? of high school. I wasn't like an early bloomer in like the drinking or drugs department. Like no, I never you're like kind of straight edge throughout high school. Well, there was just nothing around for some reason. I couldn't no, find it. No access. If they had been there, I probably would have done it. Oh but yeah. There was just not that much like in my group of friends. Some really none of your friends had any access to alcohol or drugs or cigarettes or anything. Not that often for some reason. Mm. Um, but so you still hung out with the good kids then. They were like they're pretty good. Yeah, they were all yeah. good kids. Was um, there, like, any bad kid crowd in your high school? Oh, yeah. Oh, there yeah? Were. Totally. There were tons of... Actually, there was a heroin thing that went through my town. But, like, oh, I yeah. didn't... I didn't... You know, I didn't even... I've never even seen it, so... Yeah. But in college, I definitely ac- accidentally went down the bad path oh, yeah. for a little bit. What does that mean? The alcohol drugs path. You accidentally, like, you... I just... Fell... I fell off the like, map. No, I didn't... It wasn't an accident, I guess. On your on back, purpose. and somebody put, like, a funnel in your mouth. I didn't care about myself, really, for a great deal of time, so I just didn't... I was just doing bad things. No, I just wasn't... I didn't... I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't care about myself, and I was wicked depressed in, in college for... Like, most people wouldn't know that, but my, my good friends did, and my family totally knew. Mm. But then, I got better... I was also wrongly medi- uh, excuse me, medicated uh-huh. at age 14, a psychiatrist. So this is like right before the crash? Yep. I was pretty depressed as I was 14, but like anyone kind of is if they don't like feel like they fit in it when they're 14. Yeah, but, but that's they, everybody at 14. I know. And this is back when they were over-medicating kids and they're still doing it. But uh-huh. she put me on all these terrible drugs. Oh, and then my parents were like so scared. They were like, "What are they? What is like? What do you have?" She wrongly diagnosed me, put me on all these medica- medications that I stayed on for ten years. Whoa! And then I, I was like having such a terrible time in college, and and still after college, I, I wasn't doing any partying really, like mm. not like anything serious, but I was still feeling that bad. 
Yeah. So I was like, what the, I'm like, I can't go on like this. Like, this is just not living life, like a happy life. And I was still on all these really weird medications and I went and got di- di- uh, diagnosed um, and I'm reevaluated for like almost a full day by this guy named Dr. Gami at Tufts Medical Center. And he took me off all the drugs that I was on, uh-huh. uh, the medications that I was on, and said, you're not supposed to be on any of these medications. You, basically, really? these medications actually were like putting gasoline on like a fire. A fire. Yeah. He's like, so I got off all those medications. This is probably four years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I haven't been on one, no, I've been on no medication since then. And now I'm totally fine. I know yeah. it sounds like a weird story, like a magical story where like suddenly no. I was cured. I mean, obviously I still it have sounds like, like a Brian few Wilson. struggles. It was the worst thing ever. And I tell my story to anyone <laughs> because I'm just like, I don't, I'm not like ashamed of it. Uh-huh. It definitely made me into like, well, why would you? I it's not today. like your fault. Yeah, but it is, there's a taboo against people that have taken like prescription medications for depression and like, I, I totally just didn't really need to be on those. Right. So now I'm like really into like organic food and like only like healthy, healthy type things. I'm not uh-huh. on any medications for like four, four years now, I guess. And well, I'm congratulations. Just like, I just can't believe that I'm, I don't feel like angry, but I'm a little bit confused on why I was put on all those for 10 years. And it sure. really drastically changed So my you life. had to see her all those 10 years to like keep getting medicated? No, what ended up happening was, uh, yeah, I pretty much did see her for like eight years. Wow. And she just kept putting me on those. Like, I mean, did you, so was did was there any talk therapy that happened mm-hmm. or was it just it was basically? It was one hour a week, talk therapy and the medicine. Like, And he took me off all of them and then was just like, Let's like reevaluate you after you've like weaned up all these things. Well, so like I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but if you're going for eight years straight once a week and you're on all these medications, I mean, did your psych, psych- psychiatrist, because that's the one that can. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was her. She was a psychiatrist right. and a psychologist at the same time. But a psychiatrist, you can, is a, uh, you can prescribe, prescribe drugs. So. I mean, did she see any improvement over those eight years? Never any improvement. I mean, from just from a science perspective, you're starting with a baseline of depression and you don't see any improvement over eight years. Like, don't you, like, try to change up the regimen? Or, I didn't or... see her every single week, though. I would start skipping them and I would just stay on the medication, though. And the medication also made me very violently ill, like, extremely mm. sick all the time. And I'm just like, I'm just so confused by it. Honestly, I really am. But I'm totally okay with it now. Now I'm, like, healthy and happy. Yeah. I mean, some people need to be on medications, and that's a sure. great thing. I, I guess, didn't. I mean, I'm sure I did need maybe a few medic- medications for when I was, like, really depressed. But, like, uh-huh. nothing that was, like, when I was on daily for 10 So, years. four years ago, what was the impetus to see this other doctor? Honestly, Did it just occur depressing. to you, like, this is, like, yeah, really Yeah, it was a very up? depressing time. I wasn't doing any drugs or any, like, excuse me, like, recreational drugs or anything. Uh-huh. I wasn't, like, abusing, like, alcohol or anything. And I was just, like, I still feel like this. And I'm, yeah. I was like, why do I feel like this? I'm like, I should not. This is like not a it's human not right. way to feel. Right. And so my mom at this point is just like losing it. She's oh, just, yeah? Like she was been there for me like totally. And she was just like, we have to like figure it out. So we went to this. Someone told her about Dr. Gama. He's actually been on um, the Colbert Report. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, he wrote a book That's about pretty rad. Like, people that are really... Um, over medicated or artistic, wrongly medicated? artistic but also like bipolar or something oh okay or like geni- geniuses or whatever yeah yeah i feel like that's a i don't know maybe it's a, a different representation or a representation of, of creative people but it's yeah it's a theme some, a lot of it is that 
But, I mean, a lot of people don't have that that are geniuses, too. But he, yeah. um, I, she just found out about him, and I went in there, and he evaluated me for a wicked long time, like okay. almost a full day. Uh-huh. So at that point, I was just like, whatever, whatever works. He's like, we'll take you off everything, and then we'll reevaluate what you need to be on after. And then when I went back, I just felt so good that I was like, I don't want to go on anything. He's yeah. like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I really just don't. And that was like four years ago. And so you just never looked back since then? Never looked back since then. Do you still see him? No. No? You don't? You just don't I, even need it? I talked to him, like, one time, like, maybe two years ago. And yeah. he said, like, thank you or whatever. Oh, but. did you, like, go to an event or something like that and see him? And... No, I just emailed him. I oh, okay. So. He's fucking cool. But, yeah, it sounds I mean, awesome. In my case, I feel like I was a little lucky, though. What if I did need to be on something else? I mean. Well, then I'm sure, maybe, you know, hopefully he would have been in contact with your mother or something like that and be yeah. like, is everything going okay? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I still have, like, a little bit of, like, depression, like, naturally, I think, in, in my system. Uh-huh. But it's, like, nothing, like, suicidal or anything, like, right, which yeah. of what it was for, like, so bad for yeah. 10 years. But, I mean, I guess I did get a lot of good artwork and songs out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just laugh about it with my mom, too. We're just like, can you believe that, like, that was my life for, like, 10 years? That's insane. But it did make, you know, me who I am, and it did make me make a lot of, like, the bad decisions I made, but... Well, so such as life. What was her diagnosis for all of the source of depression? She said I was bipolar. Okay, and when you went to go see Doctor Guami, Gami, Gami, G H A E M I, I think. When you went to go see Doctor Gami, he said I could sue her. Really, for like medical malpractice, basically. I don't, I don't, he he wasn't like let's sue her. He was just like you could sue who put you. He didn't know who it was. He right, was just yeah. like you could. You could file like some kind of like report or something. Like actually, a couple people have told me that they're like, you could. Well, did I'm, he? I'm like, not going to do that. But. Did he stay with the bipolar diagnosis, or did, was he just like, you're fine? <laughs> he said that I was cyclothymic or something like that, but he is not sure. I mean, he only met me that uh-huh. one day. He said it seems like cyclothymia, which is not bipolar though. It's like right. it's like a very mild thing that a lot of people have and just sure. don't need any medicine for at all. But okay. when you're a teenager and you're going through a tough time, it seems like more severe, I guess. But then the medication made me so much worse. They made me into like a huh. real psycho. Yeah. I wasn't like a psycho at all. Like and no one, a lot of people, most of them, even my friends don't even know this about me. Yeah, um, yeah. Most of them do actually. But they don't like, they don't have like memories where I was a psycho. I was just like, it was all inner turmoil. Yeah. Like, I never took it out on like other Sure, it wasn't like violent or anything. No, nah, like it's not violent or anything. It was more just like an inner like, it was like, it was like a suicide thing. Like, I just always wanted to die for some reason. Oh, yeah. And it was because of the medications, though. Because naturally... Wait, no so that didn't start happening like until after you started taking the medication? Well, I think, like, in ninth grade, I was pretty sad and depressed. And I I was pretty into, like, all these, like, dark movies and songs and stuff where, like, they kind of gl- glamorize suicide. Like what? I don't know. Like, what's that movie? The Rules of Attraction. I don't even remember that one. There's like a bunch of <laughs> Romeo and Juliet even. Just okay. like I liked dark things like that. But um I just I I didn't I don't know. It's like I for, I it was the medication that made me into like a, a suicidal type person mm-hmm. though for sure. I don't know, dude. Do you feel depressed yet? Do you need do you no, want to No. <laughs> no. I'm good. <laughs> I know. It was it was a hard life at first. But, like, that's the uh, the thing that I was saying back was that I could have been put into an abusive family. Like, I could have mm-hmm. stayed in Korea where I wouldn't have gotten the care I needed. Mm-hmm. My parents, like, for instance, like, they're, first of all, not abusive. And they're, like, really amazing parents and, like, friends. But, like, if I hadn't had them as parents, 
I don't think I would be alive, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, like, also, they, like, I know I feel, like, weirdly lucky because a lot of people were put into abusive situations. They're still alive, so I'm not, I don't know what would happen if that happened to me. Right. But I'm pretty sure I would not be okay. So, I think it was really meant to be that they were my parents. And I also, they always say that I did change their life because they had, like, a very, like, good, like, simple life until, like, <laughs> I came along and ruined their life. But they have That's become. That's not true. They've become these much more worldly uh, people because of the struggles that I put them through, basically. <laughs> poor, poor mom and dad. What do you mean worldly? Like, what did it... What did I think it, that they could have just been living, like, a regular, like, like upper... Suburban middle, life. Like, up, upper class, like, middle class, like, life. Like, this fancy life where nothing really goes wrong. Yeah. And then they're white, you know, so that's obviously a privilege. <laughs> sure. But then when you see someone that you love, like, going through this terrible time, I think that it, it changed mm -hmm. them. Well, they told me that, so I'm not just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so that craziness all happened. That seems really, like, tumultuous. That's really depressing. I know. It is, it is, it is. But it's okay. I'm fine. Well, and also, you know, like I said before, you know, none of this is really your fault, so... Right, so... You know, why about... would it be depressing to look back on that and be like... Right, so Aside from the fact that you lost 10 years of your life to... To that stuff, but I have a lot insanity. of the music to show for it, and, like... You know, I still have a, almost all my friends from that time period, like, and from childhood, because they stood by me. Well, that's awesome. So you have all a bunch of good friends. All my friends are still from Westward, pretty yeah. much. And they stood by me. You see them a lot? Uh, yeah, I was just with them like, last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they threw me, like, a surprise birthday party. My birthday was yesterday. Oh, happy it was, birthday. It was actually, like, two days ago. But they threw me, um, like, a surprise, like, birthday party. Awesome. I told them not to do that, but um, <laughs> they did. Uh, well, that sounds very... They, they sound like nice people. Oh, yeah. They're awesome. Very nice people. Very lucky. Very All right. So where did you end up going to college? Northeastern, an extension of Westford. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that school. But I, I went... It I sounds went, like you're, you wanted to stay close to home. That's exactly what it was. I didn't really like being far away from my mom. Uh-huh. Because she was kind of like my like major backbone support system. Yeah. Poor woman. <laughs> um, but uh, long story short, I don't know. Like... I started my own company after, like in 2009-ish. Mm -hmm. And so I put all my effort into that. And, you know. So what company been, is this? This is my jewelry company, Ujacalina. Mm -hmm. And I do bridal and fashion jewelry. I've always been like an artist. So like it's not really that hard for me to like do stuff like this. But the business side of it's hard. But um, I have like an Etsy shop. I'm in, you know, a bunch of boutiques around New England. Um I do a lot of custom bridal orders, and I do a lot of the markets around New England. Cool. So it's pretty successful. I have um, two employees. Oh, and, yeah? Um, I have, like, a tax person, and, like, you know, I have to file my taxes and all that stuff. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me because I wasn't the kind of person that was going to be able to go to the office all day with, with a boss, like, leaning over me. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think that would be a... a I mean, not to be like, well, I'm sure not everyone likes that at all, but I know that I just could never, I can't do yeah, it because yeah. I tried doing it once. But, um. I do the office thing. It's not fun. <laughs> it's, it's, it, I think it would be pretty, pretty hard for me. So, um, long story short, that's the company. I can work whenever I want and do that kind of thing. I work with like a couple international bridal companies like Elvina Valenta, JLM oh, yeah? Tour in New York and so I'm involved in like New York Bridal Fashion Week a lot nice and uh do you ever make it down yeah I do I go to New York Fashion Week like try to go like at least one time per year cool um and uh yeah I'm really into like that fashion type stuff mm -hmm. but 
When did you start getting interested in that? Because you it was like it seemed like it's all music up through college. Oh, sorry. And it's still music. Oh no, it's always been both. It's art, always been art, fashion, <clears throat> music. Well, when did the jewelry thing start? Like 2009, because I realized I couldn't really make that much money from music. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, like, okay, so that just so music kind of became your passion. Music's my passion. And this is Jewelry's more like now the main my passion thing. too. But ju- jewelry's actually therapeutic for me. Oh yeah. Making jewelry, sitting on my like desk is. The most healing thing. I listen to like Eckhart Tolle and like books on tape. Uh, I have seen almost every single movie, um, <laughs> but it's the most amazing like career choice I could have made. Because cool. music stresses me out, jewelry doesn't. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. What do you find stressing about music? Playing live. Oh yeah. I think it, it stresses me out a little bit because of the sound equipment and my my voice. I want it to sound good, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, sure, that's that's natural, right? Mm-hmm. But that's like a. Do you feel like it's a positive stress or a negative stress or a bit of both? I end up doing pretty good if I'm even if I'm stressed. I don't know. Playing out with a piano is different than playing out with a guitar. It's you just play like, guitar too? I do, but I I'm not good at guitar. It's just so much effort. You have to bring the piano, then you have to bring the piano case, which weighs like more than the piano. Then you have to make sure the people have the PA system all set up and the uh-huh. mixing board and that the microphone's good. It's just. It's just much more than just like bringing the guitar, the guitar, and just like yeah, playing. yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> the but sound anyway, check. I've been doing it more and more lately. My brother and I had a show recently. It was really good. Oh, you do it with your brother? Yeah, he he played before before me. I played last, and uh, you ever play together? Um, we have. He, he's on a couple of my tracks. Oh, he cool. He plays the drums on the rain song, and he's he's really talented. So. Nice. So he plays a couple different instruments too. Then yes. He what does. got him into music? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to take full responsibility, but it was definitely me. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember that he was into sports and like listening to um, Jaw Rule, I believe it was. And I took yes, the, the CD. The great guitar and I, player, Jaw Rule. <laughs> <laughs> and I took the CD. And I, this is when I was really into music. Like, I knew only the best music. Indie music, like I was really into like the coolest bands and stuff like that, and I was like, "I'm sorry, but you're not listening to the shit." And I took it and like threw it out the window. No, Literally. come on, poor Ja Rule. Um, poor Ja Rule. But I mean, I, I actually like Ja Rule. I'm just like, I'm just saying, like my brother at the time, I was like, "You're not listening to this." So what did you give him instead? I gave him cursive. I gave him Radiohead. Night. I gave okay, him yeah. like old Smashing Pumpkins. I gave oh. him like. Melancholy the day, and get Infinite Sadness. That's the album. Yeah, so double that. disc or cassette. Sure. Like I gave him like some like punk rock type stuff that I was really into. They're like Get Up Kids Saves the Day. Oh, just, you know. Okay. Um, it's a little bit more modern dashboard. stuff. Like I liked. Like, oh yeah, dashboard. Music. Right. Bright eyes. Sure. Bright eyes is like Connor Oberst is like one of my favorites and like Mira like a bunch of just like indie. Um, it's the stuff I put artists. on like a rainy day. <laughs> Real rainy day shit. So yeah, I think I gave him Cursive, The Recluse, great song. I was like, this song will get him into like get better music, and it worked. <laughs> it worked. I I need to pat myself on the back. So, so does he does really he play like well now you said he plays like folksy type songs. Yeah. And he writes music, so, yeah. He's Has dead. he, like, gone back to listen to all the old, uh, like, Dylan stuff? We do it all the time. Yeah, he got into Dylan on his own. That wasn't really me. Oh, yeah? Does he ever listen to, like, Woody Guthrie? Does he go back that far? He likes John Prine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was he really into the, that movie, uh, Inside Lewin Davis? I don't know. Oh, man. Should I tell him about it? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's into hip-hop a lot, too, now, and um, other genres. So he's, mm. like, sur- surpassed me in many other ways. Well, did but he surprise you just like going to different areas? I taught areas. the piano too, 
So I'd sit down with him, and he learned piano by ear. He learned guitar by ear. I learned, obviously, classically, so I read music. I just would show him songs, that, like Death Cab for Cutie. I remember I showed him a couple songs. He would like a song. I would teach him how to play on the piano. That's how he learned how to play the piano. Wow. Then he could just he could feel it out. Wow. So he doesn't like know how to read music, really. He's just Not more oral listener. Yeah. You can hear it. Yep. Wow. Pretty cool. All right. So so then you get into the jewelry thing. You have your yeah. own business. Started my own company. I do a lot of like donations to like charities and like, oh, yeah? like best buddies. And there's a new one that I just donated to the Korean Unwed Mothers oh. Foundation. Mm-hmm. Kunfa. And um, I'll do like just any donation of like pe- people want like a piece of jewelry. They can do it a silent auction. I'll do that. Cool. Like, so I do the, like a lot of like that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I do a lot of bridal stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What shops are you in around the New England area? I'm in a Lit Boutique. It's um. There's one on Newbury. There's one on Hanover in North End. So mm-hmm. There's one in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good boutique that I'm glad I got into. Those people are amazing there. I'm in like Serendipity in Portsmouth. Christina's Bridal in Andover. I'm do. I'm on all three floors. Like the bridal, nice. the bridesmaids, the mothers out of the special occasion. I'll do all my jewelry lines for for that place. That place is. I used to work there. That's, oh, yeah. Um, so that's how you get your in? retail, um, like, I was a bridal consultant there, like, help people get their gowns. And oh, stuff. okay. And bridesmaids. Um, and I'm in Persona Jewelry on Charles Street, which is a really cool, like, high-end boutique where you can get, like, wedding rings made and stuff like that. Oh. I don't personally do that. I'm not that good. Um, but, like, my fashion line's in there. Yeah. There's, like, another store called Tango. Just, like, you know, little tiny boutiques. I'm, I don't have, like, any big accounts, really. So I'm not, like... Yeah, but this sounds like Super more like. Famous, but I'm I'm doing a lot of like you know little little places. Yeah, it's like custom. Yeah, I'll do custom work. If something breaks or something, which I I stand behind my craftsmanship. I feel like I don't use those open jump rings like that J Crew and like Forever Twenty One. Their jewelry always breaks. Oh yeah. I stand behind my craftsmanship, but like of <laughs> course, if someone like rips something or like something like with force, then I right, will fix yeah. it for free. You know, they just send it to me and I'll fix it for free, which like other companies might not do. You know. Yeah, yeah that sounds <clears> awesome. <throat> and so. What do you have like a band name for your music or is it just wh- Jacqueline Wells music? Yeah, and where do you find all that work? My music <clears throat> is actually on Spotify and iTunes, Amazon. Um, that's like one album with like a bunch of my like pretty good songs, mm-hmm. um, including two hip hop and pop songs that I did with this producer Jake Poor um, in New York. Nice. Um, and I have a couple other hip hop songs and stuff, but all of it's for free on Bandcamp. You can download it. Yeah. JacquelineWells.bandcamp.com and it's on Facebook, you know, all it's on all those. So these are all like original songs. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Where do you find the inspiration for all of these? Well, most of my songs are from long ago. Mm-hmm. They're almost all about like either like well, not the hip-hop ones. The hip-hop ones, you can just write for fun. And I had Britney Spears in mind for one of them. But, oh, like, yeah? for my most of my slow songs, it's either, like, a heartbreak-type situation, mm. love, unrequited love, or, like, um, what's the, the old standbys. Long-distance love. <laughs> the standbys, yeah. And then, um, you know, other type things. Um, but, yeah, so most of those are about. Did you do some long-distance relationship stuff? There was one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't sound like you want to get into it. Nope. Everybody's <laughs> got to go through that. Everybody's got to go through that one long distance relationship at least once to be like, this is a terrible idea. Right. Okay. So still friends. Still really good friends. No longer in love. No, I know. 
Oh, I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> I wish I was in love with him, but I'm not. So. Yeah. Mm. Why does, is he still in love with you? Well, we were really, probably not, but we were really young, like, when we met, and then we didn't really, like, I don't know, like, it was kind of like, you just grew into different people. Sure, yeah. But I did love him. Oh, my God, I loved him so much. <laughs> so you got some songs about him. Or are they all about him? Just one. Just one? Mm-hmm. All right. Was it like one song per boyfriend then? Or? I tried to keep it to one song per boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Hopefully. So we're going we gonna to hear one of them now? Yeah, let's let's hear one of the sad love songs. What, well, what's this one going to be about? You'll see. Okay. <laughs> what's, it, what's it called at least? This one's called Touch. Touch. All right. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, that was awesome. Was it depressing? No, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was really good. Oh, God. I enjoyed that. So uh, where can pe- so that's on Bandcamp and on iTunes and on Amazon and on Spotify, Spotify yeah. on all YouTube. the things. It's live on YouTube. It's live on YouTube. My YouTube channel sucks though. It's all these terrible videos taken with iPhones. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You don't really. It doesn't capture the the essence yeah. of the performance. Yeah, neither do, do my recorded versions of most of my songs are not the way I play them live. Like this song that I just played, touch. Uh-huh. It doesn't sound that cool on the recording that I did that I spent a lot of money on it sounds I think better live because I ch- I changed it since I yeah yeah I changed it live like I just it sounds better now I think awesome well where I mean do you like uh go to different places around the area and play the this you said yeah. you were with your brother last night that show was at this really cool space called Encore Apparel Company in Charlestown okay my friend owns it nice so we had like this we were able to use his space with like seventy five people and raise money for the local Boston schools. Oh, cool! Um, music programs. Yeah, which was really cool. And then usually I don't really play out that often. Oh no! Just for my friends late at night. <laughs> <laughs> and for podcasts. And for this podcast <laughs> happening. Well, that was a special I play treat. At weddings, then. then I play at weddings. Oh yeah. So my friends. When they get married, I'll play like. So you're like cornering the market with the jewelry and the and the band. Basically, I'm like a wedding person, <laughs> even though I'm like not even anywhere near getting married. <laughs> That's all right. No, almost thirty. <laughs> nah. I just turned twenty nine. So. Oh well, look, there's no rush. <laughs> I know. All right, and uh, so we're other than uh, and and Bandcamp, you said you know, what, what's the website address for that? Well, the important thing is to just know how to spell my first name, and then after that, you, you just type in my name, and all these different avenues will show up. So okay, it's J A C Q U E L Y N Wells W E L L S. Uh huh. So then, if JacquelineWells.bandcamp.com, that's where the free downloads are, uh-huh. where you can type it into Spotify or Apple Music, and uh-huh. it will come up. Cool. So. And then, uh, are you on any other social media platforms? Yes, I'm on Instagram. So my Instagram, I is just at at sign Ujacalina, which is also a very difficult spelling. <laughs> yeah, spell that one out. O O H J A C Q U E L I N A. So Ujacalina. <laughs> Why the I there? Because well, Lena, I couldn't spell it with a Y. Right, Jacqueline, I guess. Yeah. So basically, that's my Instagram of like my personal life, my music, and my jewelry. Mostly my jewelry. Okay. So it's kind of like a, it's just my own Instagram. Like a showcase. Yeah. People are like, you should do like three different Instagrams with like the three different yeah, things. It's too much to manage. And I was like, hell no. No, 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 it's too much to manage. I think. It's way too much. It's crazy. Plus, then I would have way less followers. <laughs> I am on Twitter too, but I never, I never tweet. That's okay. The only things I think of that are tweeting worthy are inappropriate, and they would just be bad for my company. <laughs> so I have to choose. That know. maybe you would want two separate accounts. For. Yeah, <laughs> just like a different person's name, like Jane Doe. Right, well, can you? Or do you have like a Facebook page people can fan your jewelry yes. and stuff? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Facebook's one of my best, uh, my my favorite social media outlets. I do. Hashtag, oh, excuse me, Facebook.com slash Ujacalina, that's my jewelry line, and uh-huh. Facebook.com slash Jacqueline Wells Music. Okay. Those are, and then all of those links are there. So and with I the, the, with the different too. spellings of Jacqueline and Jacqueline, right? Sorry. Same Same thing for ja- Ujacalina spelling? Yeah. so sorry, so sorry. But then Jacqueline yeah. Wells Music is the yeah. way you spell your name. Yes. Okay. So Ujacalina is my company name, which is a play uh-huh. off my name, but it's not my name. So. <laughs> Got exactly. it. And then, uh, yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say is like, I am working with this 
really cool organization called Women Cross DMZ, and mm-hmm. they are a um, an organization that is working to end the Korean War. So the 1953 Korean War never really ended. So all this money is spent every single year since then on mobilizing in case there's a war. And it, 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 it ignites fear in both North and South Korea. And, you know, just, uh, it's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And all the families that got torn apart by the war are still not allowed to be together. So right. the reunification of fa- families is something that they're looking towards doing. The demining of the DMZ, the demilitarized zone. That's a crazy thing. There's It's the most heavily mined place on earth. Mm-hmm. And so they're working to do all these things. I'm not really involved with them other than just, like, basically being their volunteer. I'm just like, what can I do to help? But I'm mostly just trying to spread the word for them, too. Okay. So they're really involved with uh, Gloria Steinem, Mm. um, Mayreed McGuire, who helped end the um, Irish Civil War, and Lema Gaboi, which is the most amazing Nobel Peace Laureate that ended, helped end the Liberian War. Wow. So the heavy hitters. And Christine Ahn, who is the founder, basically is this amazing Korean woman that just had a dream that was just like, I need to do this. So then she got like amazing people on board with her heavy hitters, like you said, to try to get because like without the heavy hitters it's harder harder to get yeah, noticed. Yeah. So they went to Korea in two thousand fifteen, thirty of the international women, and then they told all the people in North Korea and South Korea that they were gonna cross the line. So they had huge amounts of people on both sides of the that couldn't cross, but that were waiting for them on both sides. So they took a bus into North Korea and then walked holding hands, all wearing white, with the Korean like scarves on and flags and stuff. And they walked across the border into South Korea and mm-hmm. are met by this huge peace festival that they were throwing. And it just brought so much and that was okay with Kim Jong un. And like that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're and now they're working towards the peace treaty. Awesome. With the UN. So it's awesome. And I just want to, like, kind of be involved in that any way I can, even if it's, like, getting coffee for people. <laughs> well, so I'm, how can people support that group? Well, you can go to their website. You can actually donate if you if you, if you you have that extra funds. Or you could donate time. Mm-hmm. And you could just help by spreading the word. Is this a Boston-based group? Or no, where are they? she's actually based in Honolulu. Oh, okay. It's all over New York, but mostly it's it's based in Honolulu. Okay, members of Kahi, that's that's all you. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the website? Womencrossdmz.org. All right. Not as hard as Ujakalina. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> all right. Is there anything left you want to have any parting words? I guess I'll just say, take everything I said with a grain of salt because. <laughs> I'm totally fine now. It, 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 there's no need to be worried. I am going to the IKAA this Ica, summer, so you yeah. can meet me there if you want. Going to the gathering this year. And what time is it? I guess we're we're going to get Korean food. We're gonna go get Korean food. Exciting. Yes. Um. What else? I don't know. I I I hope there's nothing else that I missed. But <laughs> basically, one topic I feel like we didn't discuss really is just like other adoptees and how like amazing their the VK group has been to me welcoming welcoming me into the group and just like it's just like meeting like instant friends kind of they're all like so cool we're all so different and we're all so bringing something different and they're all just so nice Mm -hmm. and cool well that's who we're gonna go meet for dinner yeah we're meeting the BKAs for dinner um and 
right, as of right now, they don't know my dark story. <laughs> Actually, they might, but um, they will soon, I guess. They will soon. <laughs> well, if they listen to this show. They all are. They all are? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for coming on no, and sharing your you. story. Thank you for shedding light on adoptees. I mean, it's just so cool to... To be in, I feel honored to be interviewed. I thought you were like joking at first, and you were like, no. someone asked me. I thought I might be a part of a group of like ten people getting interviewed, but I really appreciate you spending time with me and doing this with uh, with Holly and Tara, the other uh, uh, Zeke. Like that's some really amazing people that I that I worship basically, <laughs> and uh, I'm just so honored to be a part of this. Well, I'm sure they all appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you and your story. So thank you for sharing. Uh, and I think, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think you're a very brave individual and you're very creative. So that's, thank that's you. Great. Well, at least I have that. <laughs> you have that. You're very talented. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. And that was this week's episode with Jacqueline Wells. How was that? Huh? That was a good conversation. A lot of realness there. Oh, I just I wanted to remember, I almost forgot to tell you guys. Uh, I should have said this in the intro. That, uh, you know, the whole thing about Beyonce and Rihanna was this was recorded before Beyonce debuted and released Lemonade. All right. So don't hold it against her if you don't think that uh, she was saying that Beyonce wasn't being real because Beyonce was being real. Have you guys, did you guys watch it? Did you guys watch Lemonade? Did you listen to it? I, I, I just bought it, but I watched it online. It was great. I loved it. I think it's such a refreshing thing to see uh, somebody with that much like pop star power actually use it to talk about something real and give voice to black femininity. All right, everybody's talking about Becky with the good hair and uh, how if Jay-Z cheated on her or not and stuff like that. And it's like, that's a, that's a minor part of what this album's about. And it's amazing. The whole album is incredible. And you guys, I, if you're into uh, that kind of thing, definitely I recommend going to watch it and listen to it because it's incredible. Anyways, uh, that's uh, this week's episode. I hope you guys have a great week coming up. Nice, uh, relaxing week. If you haven't seen Civil War, go see Civil War. It is incredible. If you're into the movies, though. If you're not into the movies... Uh, into the Marvel movies, then, then don't worry about it, okay? Listen, uh, you can always reach me, contact me, uh, reach out. You can leave a comment, a review on Facebook, on iTunes. Hit me up on Twitter, all right? My email is therambleradhd at gmail.com. Visit my Facebook at facebook.com slash therambleradhd. Like my page. You can comment. You can message me there. Uh, same thing with Twitter at the Rambler ADHD. I'm on there. You can uh, follow me there, and I, you know, tweet stuff out occasionally that you might find interesting or not. I don't know. Okay, there's a lot of other stuff that I could talk about and go on and on and about, but I'm not going to. Music this week is provided by the Bell at Needle Drop Records. Uh, also, uh, as usual, a collective effort over there in Korea. You can find their music on SoundCloud.com, and I have a special treat for you guys if you're hanging in there about the end of the show. And immediately following this outro, I am going to world premiere the hot new track, the new hit from singer-songwriter Jacqueline Wells that she sent me called Dreams. Okay, so you guys stay tuned for that because that is a special treat just for you, the listeners of this show. Okay, all right, stay tuned next week when I talk with my guest, Nate Cupel. Yeah. 
He came down. We met on the uh, the panel for the uh, New York City Asian American Student Conference, tenth annual panel thing that the uh, the Hexters put together. <laughs> that I was on with Jenna Ushkowitz and uh, other great adoptees. Okay. So you can look forward to that interview next week. He's also up there in Boston. I didn't go up to Boston to see him, but we met in New York, and I interviewed him via FaceTime. This is getting very technical. You don't need to know all this. Just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm sharing with you, okay, parts of how I do the show. Some of you want to know. Some of you don't care. I don't know. Either way, I hope you guys uh, have a great week again. Reach out to me. Leave a nice review on Facebook, or on iTunes, rather. And uh, I will talk to you guys next week for the show that we do here. If you're a subscriber, which I would appreciate. Anyways, here's Jacqueline Wells' new hit, Dreams. You guys have yourselves a great week. See ya. Once I wanted to be one of you, meant I couldn't be free. I just wanted to be pretty. I just wanted to be free. Hurricanes flew through my mind. I just pushed them aside. I quit all of my dreams for a simple life. I quit all of it just to be one of you guys. Tour, tour, tour.